Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Win money betting on golf this year. Betting on golf is fun, but picking winners isn't easy. BetSports Golf has the data, tools, and experts to turn your Sundays into paydays. Members get in-depth articles, research tools, and our team's picks each and every week. If you had bet $100 on every wager the BetSports Golf team had recommended last year, you'd be up nearly $10,000. For a limited time, you can head to BetSportsGolf.com to get a special price on a year-long subscription. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Playing Around podcast. Your two favorite golf gals are here again. Sam and Paige. Sam, I'm a little tired. I've I've had a bit. I've I've had a stretch. A bit of a stretch. <laughs> Paige, the world traveler over here. Seriously. I just keep checking your location. I don't know where. At any time I looked this week, you were in the air going somewhere else. <laughs> It was a really fun last couple of days. I was in Milwaukee for a Brewers game. They had golf night and they made a bobblehead of me and I got to throw out the first pitch again. I threw out the first pitch last year. I was so incredibly nervous. I was pounding tequila before I went on the mound and this year I was a little bit more calm. So I'm I'm proud of myself. I feel like I did a much better job. Didn't bounce the ball and uh, it's a win all around really. Well, I also saw the feedback this year was much improved. Much improved. Yes. I mean, you're always going to get the hate comments, but uh, people were much, much nicer this year. So I don't know what that was, <laughs> why that was the case, because I feel like I look exactly the same as I did last year. But uh, yeah, it was it, all around really great experience. And then... I was like, what day is it? Where are we? What are we doing? Let me go back and go through the days. So Saturday morning, we were supposed to fly from Milwaukee to LAX and they didn't have any direct flight. So it was delayed. We had a a crazy travel day on Saturday, did a great party with LA Golf. It was so much fun. They absolutely crushed it. I hosted, co-hosted the party with uh, CEO Reed Dickens. So that was really fun. Uh, Quite an honor there. And they... (laughs) The highlight of that party is they had this massive golf ball cake and it was like four feet tall, three feet wide. I mean, this thing was a monster. And of course, since I am now turning into a food reviewer, I did this video where I stuck my entire hand in the cake, ripped it out, stuck it in my face. And there is video of that somewhere, somewhere to be, somewhere to be found. I haven't seen that. I did see photos of the cake and I thought just like the side of it was cake. I didn't realize the whole thing. I actually don't know. It could just be the side of it, but no, I think it was, but that's, how does that even, what oven is that big? I like to think about the logistics (laughs) of this. I think they do. It was layers. Oh yeah. That's probably true. Don't sign me up for a cake baking class. Or maybe do. <laughs> they just stick a whole pan in the oven and it's shaped as a golf ball. Wait, yeah, you're right. Because it would be liquid, which anyway, no one ever, no one ever, I never claimed to be smart. Okay. <laughs> I never, I never said that. So you're smart. You're smart. But just when it comes to the circumference of a cake, ain't your thing. Yeah, that's fair. But then you were in LA. Um, I've never been to LA somehow. What? Yeah, I've been to San Diego and like a couple other cities in California when I was younger. Um, But somehow I've managed to avoid the LA traffic, which I feel like is best for my mental health. 
Um, was it crazy around there, especially with the U.S. Open, which we'll get into here in a second? Yeah, I mean, L.A. is always busy. There's always something going on. I went to school in San Diego, so I would say I prefer San Diego over L.A. I have always said that I hate L.A., but this time, I my best friend, she was born and raised there. We actually had a little bit of time. I wasn't born and raised there. <laughs> the glare I'm giving her right now that you guys can't see. Damn, she really be saying that right in front of my face. That's crazy. One of my best friends. One of, one of my two best friends, she drove me around and showed me a little bit of LA and new appreciation for it, for sure. Definitely not a place that I would ever feel comfortable calling home just because I prefer, like I said, like a San Diego, I grew up in Colorado, just something a little bit more uh, slow paced is what I prefer. But um, seeing it from her perspective and her lens gave me a new appreciation for LA. I would say that I've been there a bit and it wasn't any busier because the US Open was there. And when you go to certain places and there are golf tournaments, you can just tell the foot traffic is up. It's just busier. Here, could not tell that there was a golf tournament. Nothing felt different. Nothing changed. And I think that will lead into that with the spectators and kind of the vibe around the US Open. But there was no like air that there was a golf tournament. I was even talking to Danny and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm here because of the US Open. She goes, oh, what? <laughs> That's here this week? Like what? Like, it just didn't feel like there was much excitement around the US Open for people who just don't really like golf because there are so many other things that you could be doing compared to going to a golf tournament. But I didn't actually get to go to the golf tournament because I was doing so much work that entire time, which is a little disappointing. But I was talking to a ton of people who were at the event. And so, I mean, that's a perfect segue into US Open was at LACC and there were mixed reviews. A lot of people were upset that of how the USJ sold their tickets. So it turned out to be more of a, a, a sponsor-driven event where they were giving hospitality out to sponsors and also to a lot of the members. And so it just seemed like there were not that many people there. That's what I heard. When I was talking to people who were out at the tournament, they said that it was packed. But because of the layout of the golf course, you can't freely walk all 18 holes. And so there just are certain spots on the golf course where there are just no people because you you can't get there. It's completely closed off. And so you had pockets where it was, you know, 15 people deep, then you go to another pocket and it was desolate. So it just looked like that on camera. But from what people were saying, it was like, yeah, the vibe was great. You just couldn't, it just wasn't expanded well. I think it was interesting watching it on TV. I mean, huge TV ratings, like one of the best years in several years I saw. Um, and it makes sense, I guess, that the ratings were up, obviously, especially with the ticket situation, not, not as many people were on site. But what I think initially started that narrative was like Thursday morning when these big names are teeing off and it, they're announcing their names and it's just crickets. Like there's no one in sight. There's no sound. Granted, it is 645 in the morning in LA when they're teeing off. So like I get that. But I think that that's what set that narrative up that then people just ran with for the whole week. I did see some people talking about it on Twitter, exactly like you said, saying like, this course is impossible to see anything. Like, which, you know, I don't believe in watching golf in person anyway. So like, <laughs> I was perfectly fine being behind the TV. But um, I don't know. I think I think the first day was definitely the most criticism with the the scores, with the spectators, with the ticket rumbling. But I will say we got what I like to call bed golf. I got to watch golf until I fell asleep. And that is just elite. <laughs> yeah, people were some people were complaining though about West Coast, East Coast. And when you're watching on the East Coast, you know, you're watching it when you're in bed and it starts so late that it's like, what do I do for my entire day until they tee off at, you know, six o'clock Eastern? That's insane. 
But uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting because I felt like there was so much hype for this tournament, especially because it's the first time LACC was hosting the US Open and there was so much talk about the course layout. And I feel like from Monday till Wednesday, everyone on golf Twitter was jerking them off. And then Thursday comes around and we're seeing 262s and then it's a complete flip. And that's what we see constantly with golf Twitter. They have these hot takes so excited all of a sudden, and then it doesn't come out the way they're expecting. And then they just completely flip around and shit on them. Like I just saw you tweet for three days straight about how much you love this course layout and you, and you love that par three, that par three is going to be amazing. That 82 yard par three. And then come Saturday when they had that tee up, everyone's like, this is so stupid. They're hitting wedges into that green and they're stopping them. I can't believe they played the the hole that far up. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you can't make everyone happy. I will say that when I think of the US Open, I think of these guys grinding it out. You're trying to look at anything around par. We love to see that. And to see two 62s on the first day, it was a tough scene. It was tough. Yeah, it was definitely more like a regular PGA Tour event feeling with all the birdies. And every time they switched to a new person, it was somebody making a birdie on the broadcast. I I think the final round made up for a lot of that. Um, You know, Wyndham Clark making two bogeys down the stretch. We'll get into that. But like that was more, you know, grindy for the pars, having to make 10, 15 footers for pars and like seeing these guys sweating. I think is what the U.S. Open and the USGA have branded themselves as, and it was just kind of disappointing on the first day. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think overall, I think it ended up being a good a good week. It ended on a on a high note. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the final round and the winner? When you look at all of the names and the final round, there was drama. It was great. But it just didn't feel like a U.S. Open. And you talk about the bogeys coming down the stretch. That's pressure. I don't think that was the golf course, you know. And I think that all had to do – they could have been playing any golf course. But if Wyndham Clark had the U.S. Open in his grasp and he's coming down the stretch, that's all pressure. And, again, you saw Brooks Kepka and John Rahm came out and was talking about it. And Hovland and Fitzpatrick and the list goes on of people who were disappointed by the course and by this U.S. Open. And I feel that the USGA – did this on purpose to push their agenda of rolling the ball back. That's my hot take. That is a hot take. I said what I said. (laughs) I mean, if you want to push your agenda of rolling the ball back, you're going to set up the golf course in a way that's going to favor your opinion. So some firm, fast fairways, wide fairways. Those fairways were not narrow at LACC. So you have some wide Firm, fast fairways and rough that was thick, but it was also unpredictable rough. So you could get some really great lies. You can make a golf course really difficult. And if all of these players or majority of these players are saying it just wasn't what we were expecting, hmm, USGA, are you <laughs> like, what, what is your feedback about this? Because that's, that's, that's my hot take and I'm sticking to it. No, I think that's a good take. And I think the funny part is, is we're never going to hear like them say anything about it. They're just going to move on and go to the next tournament and focus on that. But I thought it was interesting, too. I saw several quotes from players, not only that they were that it was not what they were expecting, but they just didn't like the golf course. Like I saw several players quoted saying like, yeah, this I just don't maybe it's a fun course to play on the weekend with your friends, but not for a major like I this course does nothing for me. And I'm like, damn, I haven't really seen players that outspoken about a golf course in a while. The last time I remember that was when Phil was chasing a golf ball at Shinnecock. (laughs) But that is what I want my U.S. Open to be. If I want the guys to complain during a U.S. Open, I want them to be complaining about the course conditions, saying that is unplayable and that is brutal. And like, that is what I wanted. You don't want to see people shooting 62s. That's just not what you want to see. And you you just want these crusty ass greens, these narrow fairways, some thick ass rough. Like that is a U.S. Open to me. And it just did not look like that. But let's talk about Wyndham Clark winning. I feel that... I feel bad for Wyndham because everyone 
majority of people were rooting for Ricky Fowler. And I know that because I kept checking my DMs and I was just getting absolutely annihilated every single day because I talked about this previously, but it reared its ugly head again because Ricky was playing quite well was in the lead, the US Open, and there was this fake tweet that said, if Ricky wins a major, I will expose the girls. And so no one knew that that was a fake tweet. <laughs> Round one, 62, Ricky in the lead. I checked my DMs, hundreds, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. And I'm thinking, do I address this? Do I not address this? Like, what do I do? It was outrageous. I've never seen something like that. And even after I came out and said it was fake, people were still DMing about it. It was insane. It's just the amount of people who think that anything on the internet is real is like, it's really embarrassing. Like you guys should be embarrassed. Like I have secondhand embarrassment for some of these tweets that I was seeing. Like people were, you tweeted that, you tweeted like, hey, this is a fake tweet, like nice try. And people underneath it were like, well, it's your, it's your same username with the check mark. Yeah, it's somebody typed it in. Like it's not hard. Like a five-year-old could make that on Photoshop. Like it's not, like, what do you mean? And you wonder why people still get catfished and it's like, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Like, yeah. And it's on. all those people talking to your fake accounts and getting scammed for sure. I'm for sure of it. A hundred percent. So I digress, but I feel like everyone was rooting for Ricky to get it done. And then Wyndham is playing solid the entire time. And it was really interesting to see the conversation around Wyndham Clark kind of going into the final round and then what people were saying after. And this goes back to people flip-flopping on golf Twitter where they weren't sure if he was able to handle the pressure and then he wins. And you see all these tweets being like, I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was something special. All this stuff. And no one was talking about Wyndham at all. This is another Jason Day scenario where I was picking Jason Day for a while because I was seeing his game trend. I was picking Wyndham Clark and you can go back and look at my picks because I knew Wyndham has always had this potential. Most people don't know, but we are both from Colorado. We grew up playing junior golf together. I've known Wyndham since he was 11 or 12, a very long time. And when he first came on the junior golf scene, he was a superstar, a phenom. Like you could tell that there was something unique about him and that he was going to be a really special player. And so it's funny to watch all of these people flip over and be like, I knew it. I knew it. He's a special player. And I'm like, that's not what you were saying five months ago, six months ago when I was picking him. Um, so it's really interesting to see that happen. But Nerves of Steel, I think he handled that entire situation extremely well, played amazing down the stretch, even though a couple bogeys, but the amount of pressure that you must be under, like I said, playing for a US Open, your first major, and only his second win. He had his first win just a couple weeks prior at the Memorial, and to get that done, had the confidence, but still, it's not like someone like a, a Scotty Scheffler or a John Rom who have been in the situation before, and not just majors, but in just PGA Tour events. He has never really played much with the lead going into the final round. Yeah, I mean, he's played in six majors before the US Open and he hasn't he hasn't ever finished better than T75, which if you do the math is like making the cut and then basically coming in last. I think it was awesome to see. I like watching guys who get excited, who fist bump when they make putts for par. And that's what I think he like it was really fun to watch him play and to play well. I mean, he bogeyed two coming down the stretch and with Rory kind of like lurking behind him and hoping that Wyndham would falter. I mean, you've got arguably the or one of the best players in the world right on your ass. And he just stayed so focused. He looked unfazed the entire time. And I think that it was, it, it's the beginning of, of a lot for him. And I think with how he's been playing in the last month, I mean, sky's the limit for the rest of the season. But it was really cool to see someone that I've watched grow up and know be successful. I think that's like such a cool thing. Like, has there been anyone in your life where you've known them from a young age and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're doing cool things? Yeah. I mean, I think we grew up with a lot of, all of them. With these people. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's so, it's really cool to watch and 
you know, we both grew up with him when he was going through that with his mom and his mom was sick. And I think seeing him and, you know, seeing his post round interviews, constantly mentioning his mom, I think was really special. Um, You know, seeing what Ricky said to him, like, hey, if your mom was here, she'd be really proud. I saw a tweet that was like, when they were coming down the stretch, somebody said, at least Ricky has a lot of experience congratulating people on the 18th green. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's, that's tough. That's tough. Um, oh, that you know what? You hate to see that. I feel really bad for Ricky. I I did okay. I have a story that I don't think I shared with you, but I was on TikTok on Wednesday, and this girl who I know, she's a friend of my boyfriend's family, is a tarot card reader. Okay. You might be listening to this and going, what the fuck is that? Yeah, same. It's basically like a deck of cards that these like psychics look at and it tells them something. That's pretty much the extent of my knowledge of what this is. And I follow her on TikTok because she has this business and I'm like, okay, I'll you know follow you, whatever. I've never actually watched a video. For some reason on Wednesday, I watched this video and you know what? I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it because this was crazy. I watched this video and I'm like, holy shit we have to bet on Ricky Fowler. Like we have to, okay, here it is. This is just the beginning. Meanwhile, I have no idea what she's talking about. And she knows nothing about golf. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there on Wednesday going like, okay, who am I gonna bet on? Like people are saying, you know, Brooks, I think I want Brooks to win. This is the video. Someone's name could start with F. I'm hearing like Fowler. I immediately go, what? And I texted all my friends who bet on golf. And I'm like, I sent them this video and I'm like, bet on Fowler, bet on Fowler. And they're all like, good enough research for me. I mean, you know, betting degenerates literally could see like an F in the sky and bet on Fowler. But this, I was like, what is this? And I was going to tweet it, but I felt like, I don't know. I didn't want her to feel like I was making fun of her or something when I'm not like this is, and then he was leading. I was like, this is crazy. That's insane. I mean, did later on, did she say, pull a card and be like, till Sunday. She sent me a Snapchat on Sunday and it was, she like zoomed in on the, on the TV and she was like rooting for our boy Fowler. And I was like, Oh my God. Cause I don't know what she was talking about. It was like a video in a series of five videos and I had no clue what she was talking about. Anyway, long story short, I put $5 on Ricky and his odds were so bad. I was going to win $250 if he won. <laughs> That's but insane. When it came down to Sunday, I didn't truly think he was going to win. Like I, I, I didn't think there was really any way he was going to be able to not only play well, but also withhold the people who were going to make a charge. And I mean, ultimately he didn't. That's what happened. When you look at the success that I would still say, even though he didn't win, I would say that this was a very successful tournament for him to be back in the mix and to feel that type of pressure again. Do you think this will set Ricky up for more success in the future? Or do you think that he was just having a really great week and this is just something that we're not going to see much more of with Ricky moving forward? He did, again, make swing changes. He went back to Butch Harmon and he seems to be in a really great place again. So I believe that this is a kickstart to get his confidence back to be in that position. But he has never been known as a closer. And that's something that he has always struggled with throughout his entire career where he has one bad round that takes him out of winning the tournament. And again, that's, that's what we saw. And it was that Sunday round that he couldn't get it done and he couldn't, you know, the pressure or guys were just outplaying him, but all of the above, Ricky just could not get it done on Sunday. I would like to think that this is going to be like the start of the resurgence. I think he he looked different. He, you know, his aura was kind of different with how, you know, he looked so much more mature than he, than the last time I saw him in contention, you know, like with the prescription sunglasses and the, and the buttoned up shirt all the way to the top. Like he just kind of has this different vibe about him now. And I think it's hard because when he was winning a lot, a lot is a relative term, but when he was winning, he was, you know, that young kid with the, with the crazy flow hair and the all orange outfit, like, he, you know, we talk about who are five guys who any non-golfer would know. Ricky Fowler's probably one of them when you think about his image in the past 10, 15 years. And I just think his aura was so much different and his composure was so much different. And I'm real I really hope that he I think I do think he needs to go and win like a regular PGA tour weekend first, kind of get that Sunday situation under control. But then I, I think once he does that, I think he could be in contention a lot more again. 
I don't think Ricky Fowler gets enough credit for growing the game of golf. Obviously, we talk about the people like a Tiger Woods who has had a massive, massive impact on the game, even someone like a Jordan Spieth. But like you said, if you go up to a random person on the street to name five golfers, and we've talked about this, I'm confident Ricky Fowler would be one of them. You see all of the kids, not only kids, grown men dressing up in all orange, dressing up like Ricky. He has had a massive impact on the game. Such a good person, such a supporter of his friends and of other players. And I think you you root for the good guy and Ricky is the good guy and I hope that we see a ton of success for him because he is so good for the game and I think having Ricky back on top or just as one of the top players would be amazing for bringing people into the game and that's ultimately what we all want. I like that and I think something else I want to talk about from the open and then we can move on but I don't know what's wrong with JT. I was just going to lead into that. I was going to say that golf is such a fickle game and we've seen that with Ricky and we're talking about him struggling and coming back and now JT being lost on the golf course. Yeah, I was reading um, just before this and a quote that he said, you know, he said, I was playing some of the best golf of my life right before this week. And, you know, maybe that was at home or whatever. But if you're feeling good, if you're feeling really good, it's crazy that you can go out there and just feel like you have no fucking idea where the ball is going. And like, that's a really scary feeling if you've ever played competitive golf. And to shoot a second round 81 is like insane for him. Like that's insane. You have to be so lost in your head and really not even be able to find anything for a guy like him to shoot an 81. And I think it's just, it's just weird to me because I feel like in the last, I would say two years, he's either at the top or like shooting 81. And I don't, I feel like there's no in between there. And it's, it's so, so odd. It's mental. It's all mental. And I know, cause I have been there when I was playing, I could shoot so incredibly low during practice rounds, hit the ball amazing on the range under pressure. I turned into a completely different player. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. Like I had no idea what would happen on the first tee. And it is a terrifying feeling. You are out of control. You don't know which way your miss is going. And you have anxiety that builds and builds and builds. And it happens once. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, is that going to happen again? And every time you're stepping on the first tee, you don't know what's going to happen. And you see it with Wyndham, winning and then winning again. It's all about confidence. It's all about your mental state. And I've been reading a lot of pieces around Justin and he has now changed his entire diet. He's been, you know, working harder than ever. And I feel when you get to that point when you're changing your entire way of life to be a better golfer, that puts almost even more pressure on you. And I've said this before, you have to be either really, really, really smart at golf or really, really, really dumb <laughs> because you have the players who just don't care. They have nothing in their head. They go out, they feel it and they play really well. Then you have a player who is so into the, the technical side of it and their clubs. And if they miss, it's still not their fault because maybe their clubs aren't perfectly in tune and they think their way around the golf course in a very unique, different way, which also kind of pushes them through that hump. And I just feel like he's lost now. And he says that he's lost. And I feel like he's putting so much pressure on himself and you just have to go back to what was working before and just swinging free and trusting yourself. We have seen this time and time again, and this is just golf. With Jordan Spieth, played well, down, playing well again. JT right now, Ricky, you can go Billy Horschel in Memorial. He shot an 85 and he was crying over it. This is just what golf is. And I think that we don't truly appreciate that enough because of Tiger Woods, who was at the top of the game for such a long time, which is just an anomaly in golf. That does not happen. And this is what happens. You have a couple good weeks that you play well, and the majority of the time, you're fucked. Yeah. And I think whenever I felt like that, and maybe this is obviously more to the weekend golfer, but it goes back. This is such a simplistic way to put it. So please don't quote me and say that I'm like simplifying the mental game of golf because it is so complex, yeah. but it goes back to the number one thing you can do to gain confidence is to find a swing that you trust. Because when you trust your swing and you trust a shot that you're going to hit, 
you do, you can't stand over it and be like, where the fuck is this going to yep. go? And I think it goes back to what we've talked to 50 times in this podcast. Like if you have one swing thought that works for you, one, stick with it the whole round or I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> and two, like figure out what that is and figure out how to shorten and simplify your swing. A lot of people get really long at the top when they don't know where it's going and it gets like they're too much movement. And I think I don't know. It seems like whenever people say that they feel lost in their golf swing, that's what cues to me. It's like they're not trusting their swing. They're not trusting their game and their maybe their game plan. Something about that. Does that does that make sense? Do you a hundred percent? It's when those rounds of golf where you're lost, you're thinking about a million different things. What if I do this? What if I do that? You're thinking about like the birds chirping in the background. You are just so high strung and focused on every detail. The rounds of golf that I've played my best, I think of nothing. I am calm. I'm confident. And there's there's no negativity in my mind. And it's such a weird feeling. It's like, how do you capture that feeling, that calmness, that serenity? Nothing in your mind compared to the bad rounds where it, it, it's just like a sea of negativity constantly flowing at you. It's draining. It's exhausting. You finish the round. You're, uh, you're emotionally and physically done, absolutely done. And the interesting about JT though, is that his short game is one of the best on tour. And so for him to shoot an 81, he's always been a little bit of an erratic ball striker. We've seen him blow drivers off the map. But his short game always brings him back. So what's happening for him to shoot 81? Because with someone who hits the wedges and, and putts as well as he does and chips as well as he does, that's a shocking number to me. It's hard because the ability is there. And that's what I think is making him go insane, right? Like he's, he doesn't have to prove himself. He's a proven good player. The ability is there. The swing is there. Something is is disconnecting there. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough and it's tough to watch because JT is one of my favorite players to watch when he's playing well because like Wyndham does, he fist pumps after putts. He gets excited. Like his his scenes at the Ryder Cups with and the President's Cups with Tiger, like that's the stuff that I think is great for golf and that I love watching. And so to see him shoot 81 um, was tough. But Bad for him to miss the cut. Great for the viewers who got a live look into <laughs> Max Homa and JT at a bar talking about golf. And I really hope that brands and sponsors and companies look at that moment of JT and Max being drunk, talking about golf and the reaction it got from people. We need more of that. We need less of Azinger. We need less of these old guys talking about the same stuff in a monotone voice. There needs to be change. And people are craving that type of content. And I'm so sick of brands across the board, not even in golf, doing the same thing over and over and over again and trying to play it so incredibly safe when no one wants that type of content. You need to push the boundaries. You need to have what TNT is doing with Shaq and Barkley and that crew. Like No one does it better than them. That is what golf needs. That's what everyone needs right now. You need brands to stop taking themselves so seriously, have some fun with it, and enjoy the content that they're creating. Because right now, it's a snooze fest, and it needs to change. I didn't realize how bad Azinger was until my mom texted me like halfway through Saturday's final round. And she's like, I just had to turn the TV on mute. And I'm like, wait. And I guess, I guess I'm just so used to watching the shot. I don't even really listen to what is said anymore. I find myself more like refreshing Twitter when I'm watching golf, because like you said, that's the content that, that we want, that we are always looking for like, oh, this stat from Jason Sobel or like that, you know, I like to see stuff like that. And I don't even feel like I really listen when I started listening. Oh my God. Like it is not only do they never shut the fuck up, but it's the same comments every single shot. If I heard the term, oh, that's a fairway finder right there. What? What? Every shot. They said that every single time somebody hits, hits like a low, lower than average drive. Okay. Maybe just say, yep, that one's in the fairway and then shut up for 30 seconds. And it's not like I'm saying that they need to have fuck flying left and yeah, right no. and they don't need to be, you know, outrageous, but add some personality into the coverage. 
something. And I know they're so concerned about having, you know, past major champions and past winners do the commentating. No one gives a fuck. Nope. No one Those cares. Those top five players, no, one no cares. one's naming Azinger, that's for sure, of recognizable no, golfers. They don't care. So like, let's get people in there who can add a little bit of entertainment because it was, it's, it's just bad. <laughs> it's just bad across the board. Uh, traditional media has to change or it's going to, it's going to die. And I know and this is the, this is the problem. This is the problem right here is that they look at the viewership and they see that there was an increase and it's an increase because of all of the guys who are doing the work on social media. People want to see Ricky in the action and they want to see Ricky because he is a, a global brand because he's doing work on social media. You want to see guys do well. It's about the golf. It is about the players, but they don't want to change anything up because they're so worried about mixing it up because they don't want to lose the viewership. But imagine how much more people would tune in if the coverage was good. They are so scared. Everyone is just so scared to make a change because they don't want to mess up the viewers and it's increasing, it's increasing. So they're like, we must be doing something right for us to keep doing this. And it's like, it makes my blood boil. It, it just drives me insane. And when I see the numbers increasing, I'm like, that is, has nothing to do with people listening to Azinger. Nothing. You're right. I mean, think five years ago when the numbers were half of what they were this weekend in viewership, the USGA also hadn't started hiring content creators to come out and run their social media pages, which they do now. Every brand does that for every tournament, like the USGA, the PGA, the PGA Tour, they all do it. I think where where I'm liking where things are going is things like the Masters broadcast. I know we've talked about it, but on masters.com with Shane Bacon and Colt Nost, that was like, I was loving that. I turned the volume all the way up. That They had personality. They were cracking jokes. They both have relationships with players that they're saying stuff that we've never heard before. That's the kind of stuff that I like. And then you look at like different ways that people are writing articles nowadays, which is even more in tune to the to the millennial younger age like us, like Claire Rogers, one of our friends does the Rogers report. And it's like five like more fun things that she liked from this week rather than just here's a recap of the US Open. Like that's a, that's not the kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff that is gonna keep people in the game. Maybe the 60 year olds who are golf fans and play on the weekends, but not grow the game if that's really what we're talking about. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Do you want to improve your game faster and hit your driver longer? The good news is ShotScope can help you achieve your goals. ShotScope has products for every golfer, such as GPS watches, laser rangefinders, and shot tracking devices designed to lower scores and improve your golf by over four shots on average. I use the Pro LX Plus rangefinder on the course to get my distances. What I love most about ShotScope is tracking my game and reviewing my stats. The great news is your personalized stats are completely free with no yearly subscription. If I can use it, anyone can. Jump over to shotscope.com today and find the perfect product for you. And remember to use my code page at checkout. 
you have all of these content creators and they're working day in and day out to talk about these events, to build up hype for these events. People tune in because of listening to foreplay and no laying up and what we do. And the list goes on and on and on. Shane and Cole and all of these people who work so hard to build this. And that is why a lot of the reason why they're tuning in. You see a clip on social media, you want to tune in. Get those people like a Shane, a Cole, get them on the broadcast because they're seeing their stuff on social as a reason to tune into the tournament it would be such a welcoming feeling to see those guys that you know and you love their content on the broadcast i got so many questions like why am i not doing anything with the broadcast why am i not there why don't they want me to be there and it's like i don't know i truly don't know they say i'm a risk and they don't know what i'm going to say but it's like i fucking know how to be professional and i can tone it down for a tv broadcast but it's like you need to give other people these shots you need to do things alternative broadcasts you need to do things to keep continuing to grow because those numbers are good but what do they compare to other sports when you look at other sports so i just looked up tv numbers for nba finals and it said ABC brought in an average of 11.64 million viewers, which was a decrease from 2022, but I think that had to do with the Warriors playing the Celtics, and that averaged 12.4 million people. 12.4? That is almost double than what pulled in for the US Open, which was 6 million viewers, and that was over a million increase from the year prior. So even though it's good, it's not matching up to some of these other sports, the Super Bowl, to the NBA Finals, it's because of those I, I think because of those things should we start having halfway house halftime shows is that what you're suggesting i'm just suggesting that they pull their heads out of their asses <laughs> and see what is happening in media and you have to adjust and you have to evolve or you're going to be left behind and golf is in a place right now where it is growing and it's thriving we have so many personalities and so many amazing people in in media and i'm not just saying this to push myself in, into the spotlight i'm saying give it to other people who who want to do it and who would do it so incredibly well Make it one of, do something different. I, I agree. One of my theories here is you look at the masters.com broadcast and then you look at the broadcast on TV. Do you think that, because the way that I've seen it is I feel like PGA tour live.com broadcasts for things such as the masters peacock, like on for the U S open. I think that they, these entities do get a little younger and more free on the streaming platforms. Do you think that that's, my theory is that that's because they know that people our age, one, are have streaming. those streaming platforms, two, know how to do it, and three, then will go there because they know those people. That's kind of been my theory. It's obviously not what we want, but that's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a step in the right direction, but I want full on change. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things, like I was talking to my dad about the country club and the membership and how many members we have at our country club here. And he was literally saying that you do not get off the list to join the country club unless someone dies. That's how I feel like golf media is. Like someone will have to retire or like quit for anybody new to be brought in. Just golf in general. It's just always been like that. It's probably going to continue to be like that. But well, I don't know. I mean, golf is really being shook, shooketh, shooketh, <laughs> shooketh up, shake it up <laughs> right now with obviously the news of the live PGA merger and so much more like that. So who knows what could happen if there, there wants to be changed. They just need a couple people in power to see the impact and to make a change. And I think a lot of people would greatly appreciate it, but I need to calm down. So let's get into some easy TNA questions. The people literally always are asking, how's Nico? And if my memory serves me correct, he is with you right now. Nico, not currently next to me. We are in the same house right now. I'm so excited to see Nico. He is the greatest dog. One of the greatest dogs of all time. Sam's dog, Bailey. They're, uh, they're tied for first right now. But yeah, I, I don't get to see him often, but he is well looked after. My parents um, adore 
Nico more than they like me. So they treat him great. He's always with someone. He has never left with anyone else. So it's always great to see him though go for a little walkies. Oh, I love that. I just love when I brought, I went to dinner with your parents and brought Nico a ball and he was the cutest thing ever. I'm obsessed. He's still playing with it. He had it like in his mouth yesterday. Yeah. He knew that came from his auntie. (laughs) Um, How are your swing changes going? I know you haven't played in a few days or in a week or so. Oh my gosh. So I played the match and that was um, beginning of June. I did not touch my clubs until Monday. I did a really fun collaboration with Bob Does Sports. I'm really excited for you guys to see that video. Sam, I got to tell you. Uh-oh. <laughs> The comments on that video are not going to be too kind towards my playing ability. I was topping shots. Like, I, I just, I didn't really warm up. I hadn't touched a club in a couple weeks. It was, it was uh, an interesting one for sure. We played 18, so I got it back a little bit more on the back nine. But that first, first nine holes, I, I was in a fairway bunker, dead topped it. I don't remember the last time I've done that. Dead topped it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was it it was rough. We got we got through it, but it took me a couple holes to be like, how do I hold this thing? <laughs> what swing changes was I? I forgot what swing changes I was doing. Poor Jonathan, I'm gonna have to go back and he's gonna have to reteach me everything again. But yeah, it was a it was it was a brutal start. But I'm really excited to play a lot of golf this summer and to keep working on my swing because it is nice when you do make those changes. I just need to remember what I was actually working on. Love that. One of the things that I wanted to call out because we'd love your comments on the playing around podcast. I'm going to put a graphic up about this actually, but we, as you guys know, if you're members of only page, which if you aren't, you should be do a bucket list courses series. Um, we've only done like three courses because that's the only times we've played together on a golf course, but we want to know what you guys' bucket list courses are and maybe we'll go to them and do a video there. I think that would be cool. Great call out. Thanks for that. Didn't even plan that. Speaking of that, I'm going to skip down a few questions. What is a golf course that you really want to play, but haven't yet? I mean, all the the typical ones on the list, I would, you know, like a Pine Valley, Augusta, one that I could probably actually get on. I was... (laughs) I've always wanted to play Oakmont. That's a golf course that I haven't played. I really want to play. My parents are from Pittsburgh and, you know, it's just a course that I've looked at and has been on the bucket list for a very long time. And I think I can actually get on that one. I love that. Mine is definitely Bandon. It's shocking you haven't done the Bandon trip yet. Yeah, I think I like to plan, but I like to plan like a month out, not like a year out. And so the fact that you have to book it so far in advance, like kind of gives me anxiety. And so, well, you just, the weather there is really unpredictable too. So you could go and it's, when I was there, it was like 45 degrees sideways range, 40 mile an hour gusts. And I'm like, "Mm," and you got to walk. So I'm just like, "Mm." (laughs) beautiful golf courses, but I was not in like the golf mindset to grind through that. Yeah. It's definitely a grind. Definitely like an all golf week. Um, Someone asked, what do you sleep in lingerie or old t-shirt? I do feel like there are two types of people in the world, people who wear matching things to bed and people who wear super old t-shirts with holes in them. You know, it really just depends on my mood. I can do an old t-shirt. I like, I love jammies. That's like one of my guilty pleasures. Like I love matching pajama sets and not like the fun little sexy, like silk ones. I'm talking like full sleeves, all in plaid, long, you know, down to my, um, like past my toes. Like I like to just be completely immersed in some jammies. It's very Christmas morning of you. How adorable. Yeah. (laughs) How adorable. Um, Tips on getting consistent with alignment. I've always struggled with alignment and alignment is really difficult. It's something you need to practice and most people don't realize that. So one of my best tips is to practice your alignment on the driving range. And so pick a target, set up to your target, Put your club down to see where your feet are and see if you're aligned on where you need to go and continue to do that until you get really comfortable and confident with your alignment. Again, most people never practice alignment on the driving range and then they get out to the golf course and they don't have a plan on what to do. I also like to pick targets that are closer. I always struggled with looking at a target in the distance and 
I just couldn't figure it out. So I then put my club up, draw a line back and find a spot two feet in front of me. And so I line up to the spot instead of lining up into a target that's you know, a thousand yards in the distance. And that's another one of my tips, but you have great alignment. What do you do? I mean, I definitely think it's practicing it. I, it drives me insane when people go on the range and they're just beating balls into the middle of the, into the middle of the grass with no, no alignment. For me, when I'm, when I have, when I struggle with my alignment, my left foot like creeps up a couple inches. So my whole body mm -hmm. isn't necessarily misaligned that much, but for some reason, and I swear I get it from my dad because my, his left foot be like a foot in front of where it's supposed to be. But um, it's just kind of always checking that left foot. And then one thing that I will say, which is kind of hard to explain on a podcast, but when you're looking down at the ball, make sure that you're swiveling your head. For me, I'm a righty. So make sure you're swiveling your head to the left rather than picking your entire head up and looking like over your shoulder. Mm. That's something that I feel like a lot of amateurs don't don't even think about. But it's something that really can kind of fuck with your whole like being square. I never even thought about that. But now that you mentioned that, I see people all the time lift their entire body up to look at where their target is. And then when you step back down, your shoulders are misaligned. Sometimes even your feet might move a little bit. Your hips are open. So yeah, swivel your head. Don't look up. There you go. Look at us. It's almost like we play look this game. <laughs> what has been your favorite meal from the past month? So when I was in Wisconsin for the Brewers game, they have this new restaurant called Barrel Yard. And I've been doing these food reviews because for some weird reason, people love watching me eat food, especially <laughs> sausages and hot dogs and bratwurst. I really can't put my finger on why, but they love it. They just eat it up, no pun intended. So I went to Barrel Yard and I wanted to do a food review. And so the chef made this incredible spread and it was some of the best food I have ever had. Sam, the biscuits, he did biscuits with honey, hot honey and butter that was out of this world. Chocolate cake the size of my head. He did this fish fry again, which was with, it was like literally the size of my entire body. This mac and cheese, but the sauce was beer cheese soup instead. And he like thickened it up. And then- Sounds like a lot of things. Bratwurst. It was a lot of things, but the best thing I I had there and the best thing I've had in a long time was hanging bacon. So they hang pieces of bacon. It what had like maple, um, like all of these different seasonings. He torches it, all the fat and all the stuff like dips, like drips into this potato salad that was underneath it. This bacon was out of this world out of this world and it, it's cool like it literally comes like hanging because a whole new meaning to beef curtains but it was <laughs> outrageous sam outrageous I hate you for that how long I have you been sitting that? on that one how long have you been sitting on that joke i can't take credit for this one i posted that and that was one of the dms i got someone said that so can't take full credit for that one it was one of the best dms i have ever read and i'm like i am going to use that damn line. she's honest too love to see it love to see it if you weren't in golf slash golf media, what would you be doing? Or what's like your dream normal person job? Golf. I would still be in golf. I think. No, no. I want a different answer. Like if you never played golf, like you would have to go be like an accountant or something. What would be your, what would you be doing? Definitely not accountant because numbers. That would, but. <laughs> just, can you imagine me being an accountant? I would probably be some I feel like I have actually pretty decent people skills for being so incredibly introverted. So something where I can help people, I don't know if that would be a teacher or um, I think I would do golf instruction. Like that is what I would do. That's something I've always wanted to do. It's what I'm, I'm like best at built for doing. But if I never got into golf, I don't know, it'd still be surrounding sports in some way, maybe working for a sports team or it, it would be in the sports industry one way or another. How about you? If I would have never like played any sports or anything like that, I probably would have tried to be a therapist. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm a really good listener and I, I love that, which also, I mean, I feel like you have to like go through your own shit to ever want to be a therapist. So there's that too. But I think that, yeah, not, 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 I wouldn't necessarily say on the helping people side, but just like making people feel like heard, like I'm, I'm listening. I feel like that's a lot of reason why people go to therapy. And so that's probably what I would have done. Um, lots of school though, which 
You would be a good therapist. Okay. Will you be at the Ryder Cup in Rome? This is also just me asking this so I can ask you if we can go to the Ryder Cup in Rome. Just so we're clear. TBD. TBD. So I was supposed to go to the Ryder Cup, the last Ryder Cup, which was just so happens to be in my favorite state. The state that I've been in the most is Wisconsin. So TBD, but I really hope so because last Ryder Cup, which was in Wisconsin, which people now think is my home state because I'm there all the time. So Whistling- You were there like kind of close together. I go there all the time now and people are like, you from Wisconsin? I'm like, yeah, they've adopted me. I'm now from Wisconsin. <laughs> it was at Whistling Straits and I was invited to do their celebrity Ryder Cup event. So you go in, they were going to outfit you, team event, play in front of everyone, play Whistling Straits. I was so excited. And this was still when COVID was a thing, you know, it's still kind of going on. Events were just starting and I, I hadn't done an event for a very, very long time. I did one event right before this one, I got COVID. The first time I got COVID, it was four days before I was supposed to be in Wisconsin. No. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. Sucks. I was like inside so safe this entire time. I do one event right before this one and I get COVID. I was so pissed. And they said, we'll keep you in mind for the next one. But, uh, you know, the clock is ticking and I haven't heard from anyone yet. So I was just about to say, let's I'm going to ask Jeremy, let's dig up those emails. Let's reach back out. Hey, me again. <laughs> Remember me? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was one of the most disappointing things in my career of doing this because I was so excited for it. I love the Ryder Cup. I was going to get like all Ralph Lorendow. I mean, actual get real golf clothes for the first time ever. It was a big moment for me and I couldn't go. Dang. All right. Well, I'll I'll put a note to start working on that. Um, What's your guilty pleasure and something that's not like chocolate or whatever? I'm talking like, do you have a stupid game on your phone that you play all the time or like anything that no one knows or no one would think of? What's yours? Let me think. I would say currently I'm, I'm just getting into fantasy novels, which is interesting, an interesting segue for this podcast, but I'm reading this one called fourth wing right now. And it might be my new thing. That's a good one. I'm thinking. I would say reading in general for me right now, it just gets me like out of my head and wind down. And I was reading a lot and it's, it's slowed down. I haven't read much. I don't know. Um, Okay, so if I'm like on, <laughs> when I'm flying, I'll watch like a Disney movie. Like I, I'll watch like an animated. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch like a, an animated movie or I'll watch just like stuff that like people just don't think I would like consider watching. Like I'll never, I don't know. I guess that's probably So it. being a child is your, is your guilty pleasure. <laughs> I like I movies like that. that just like make me happy. And especially since work is so stressful sometimes, like I don't want to sit down and watch like a horror movie on my way to like go and do a, another stressful event. So I like to like watch things that make me happy. So like really funny rom-coms, like I'll watch like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days if it's Great on. Movie. Like I'll continuously watch the same movie over and over and over again. Um, Crazy Rich Asians. If that is an option on a flight, I will watch it. I've seen it so many times and I will always rewatch it. You know, fun fact, something I learned um, on Instagram.com is that if you watch movies all the time that are the same or you watch the same TV show a lot, it's, we knew this already, but it's because you have anxiety (laughs) because you don't, you already know what's going to happen. So it's not like it's, it's a predictable kind of thing. So there you go. Not, not that you didn't already know that you had anxiety, but yeah, I mean, that completely checks out. And I just literally said that. I was like, when I'm going to stressful events, I need to watch something that I've already watched. How therapist <sighs> of me. Therapist. You said that at the same time. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, would you guys believe if I told you we didn't even get to half of the rundown? We're prepared. I mean, they come here for the best of the best. And we provide. We, we do just be talking, though with valuable information that they can take wherever they go. Golf knowledge, we got it. Two therapists here, well, one and a half, they got it. (laughs) I'm dead.
All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know that we did. We always do. So don't forget to leave us a message on the Playing Around Instagram account. Leave us a nice review, some five stars. Share with your friends, and we will catch you here next time. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This summer, unleash the power of winning with PointsBet. Whether you are into home runs or hole-in-ones, PointsBet is your home for live betting. With PointsBet's lightning bets, you can bet inning by inning or shot by shot. And every day with PointsBet Power Hour, eligible customers get daily boosts, best odds, or no juice lines that you can't find anywhere else. New users can download the app today using code PAGE and receive five-second chance bets up to one hundred dollars each that's five straight days where points bet will match your losing wager and bonus bets points bet your move if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.